You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, and we're back after a short hiatus. Deep Impact has returned to postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, wherever you have found us. Thank you for listening. I am joined today to talk all about Impact Wrestling by the reporter himself, the guy that writes all the reports, Mr. Shot in the Dark, John see no evil john how are you today i'm great I'm, I'm glad to hear you talk about impact it's been a it's been a couple of weeks now with the, the 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 days moving and everything but um yeah i'm glad to join you on this yeah with uh the days moving obviously we had nxt takeover stand and deliver nights one and two which clashed with the the new date um then we had up next mania uh very rude of impact to move to a day when up next mania is going on um, but yeah, we're back. It's a big, big pay-per-view. One of the reasons why um, we started Deep Impact, kind of myself, Andrew Thompson, and you, uh, was because of this match. It's Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega this Sunday at uh, Impact Rebellion. Title for title. Um, I feel this is kind of uh, the anticipation of this has really died off. This this whole story seemed very hot to start with. and. Now we're actually into the the final days for the match. I feel kind of anticipation has has definitely died. And if you're someone who just watches AEW, you might not even be aware it's happening this soon. So we thought we'd put together one of these uh, primer episodes and we'll be talking mainly about the main event. But um, if you are someone who's deciding to kind of uh, dip in and watch the pay-per-view this weekend. We kind of want to get you up to speed with all the feuds and and maybe some of the, the good stuff you might have missed from, from Impact over the last few weeks. But uh, maybe we can start with your anticipation for this pay-per-view, John. Um, you've, you kind of took over from me writing the reports for post-wrestling, so I know you're, you're very up-to-date with everything, so I, I figured you'd be a good person to talk about. But 
What's your level of excitement for this pay-per-view this Sunday? Um, for the match itself, I'm really looking forward to it because it's two of the top wrestlers, obviously Kenny Omega and Rich Swan, who always delivers. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that I'm writing these reports every week, I probably wouldn't care because, like you said, if you just watch AEW, you would have like almost zero knowledge of this match even happening, which is such a shame. And we'll get into all the negatives about that. Um, but as far as the show goes, it's been built up pretty good. Um, the, the problem with Impact is they have like these like plus shows that they do every month, like Sacrifice and those other shows. So it kind of like they don't really have too much time to 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 hype up like the main pay-per-views, which is like Rebellion. Mm. But I feel like with this one, they actually did a pretty good job. Like last week, they had like the press conference, which took out a nice chunk of the the end of the show. Um, they even put up the full version on YouTube. So this show definitely feels more special. I haven't really felt this um, this hyped up for a show since last year. I forgot the name of the show. Though. All these titles sound the same, but the one where they hyped up all the surprises. Slammiversary. Slammiversary. Yeah. There we go. That was probably the last time that like there was any type of buzz. But I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like that show had a lot more buzz than this show. And... I feel like more people that I know at least were talking about that, like anticipating this one, like people know about it, but there's not people like looking forward to it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think last year it was definitely the anticipation of all the uh, released superstars uh, from WWE and uh, being kind of close to the be the beginning of this pandemic we're, we're still in right now. Uh, I know a lot of people felt we've just had another mass releases from the WWE and there's always some outcry when that happens. But last year, especially with it being uh, the pandemic and there not being many options for other places for wrestlers to go to, um, I think Impact kind of capitalized that quite well with their marketing for the uh, the Slammiversary event and definitely had people's intrigue because there were a lot of people that... Uh, people were fans of leaving WWE at the time. I know rumors of kind of uh, Rusev, Miro, people were wondering whether he'd show up, uh, etc. So yeah, you had all this anticipation for Slammiversary last year uh, with all these people coming in. I, I think Impact does have a, a tendency to kind of over-promote and kind of disappoint fans after. Um, and obviously a double title match. We've kind of been promised that there's not going to be anything screwy and we are going to have two champions, but it's impact. And I'm, uh, I can never fully trust that. Um, but I agree with you. I, I'd say this is the most anticip like anticipated pay-per-view uh, I've been excited for since Slammiversary last year. Um, yeah. And you mentioning about the monthly impact pay-per-views. To be honest, I think they do a pretty good job because they often separate a lot of the talent from that one from the main pay-per-view or they'll have stuff that is implications for the pay-per-view. Like uh, they had the number one contender women's yep. uh, hardcore gauntlet thing to set up who's going to face Deanna at Rebellion. And you had kind of the, uh, sorry, not the Cruiserweight, the X Division title number one contender match. Up, so yep. I... Personally, I think they do a really good job with that. And it kind of reminds me of how AEW will have their Wednesday specials, uh, like a branded uh, Wednesday event. And and I think that's a pretty good thing. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the show. And I, I think we'll just start with the headline, uh, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega for the uh, 
I guess the Impact Championship, the TNA Championship, and well, that's well, that's the thing. Like they didn't specifically say the TNA Championship, and I think that might be the loophole for them because I'm looking here and it says Impact Championship and AEW Championship. So technically speaking, they never really did unify the TNA and Impact titles, right? He just kind of carries both of them. There, um, Kenny did, however, say I'll be holding four titles over three companies. Okay, um, so he, oh, I see what you mean. So he's probably going to get both of the titles. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, he said four belts over three companies. So I think the Impact Championship, as it is now, is considered one championship, even though it's two belts. Similar gotcha. to how when Jericho won the Undisputed Championship, he was never defending them separately. Um, it was called the Undisputed Championship, and the championship itself was the two titles until uh, okay. kind of they, they changed it with, was it Brock, I believe? Um, yeah, because I figured that would have been the way for them to kind of like, you know, lose a belt, but still have a title on Rich Swan. But if you're saying he said all four titles, then yeah, it looks like they might have no titles, but that's the case. But I think Kenny's going to win. I feel like there's no way possible that Rich Swan is going to win. That was something I was going to say uh, with the kind of the excitement for this one. The With Slammiversary, there's the, oh, who's going to show up? And that's always exciting. Who's it going to be? Could it be this person? Could it be this person? I think, unfortunately, as much as I like Rich Swan, no one sees Rich Swan winning this, and and I think they've done a great job in the in the build in giving Swan some credibility and and making him as a really good babyface underdog in this match. But the fact AEW have barely mentioned this, it will be so weird if next Wednesday you tune into Dynamite and Kenny doesn't have the title around his waist. It it kind of tips us off what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and, ima- and imagine like never watching Impact and you see this guy who the last time you saw was on 205 Live and all of a sudden he's the AEW champion. It'll be a little weird. Yeah, very strange. Um, I would say, though, I think they've done a really great job building this feud. Um, we've had the the six man from Hard to Kill where uh, Rich Swan ate the pin from the One Winged Angel. And ever since then, Don Callis has been kind of going around the Impact locker room, showing everyone this video. Uh, there was some <laughs> comedy the other week where he went into Johnny Swinger's uh, Swinger's Palace, his little casino he set up, and was showing the video of the One Winged Angel to kind of change the betting odds there. Um, Don Callis has been key in this feud. The uh, I highly recommend going back a few weeks ago and watching the promo between uh, Don Callis and Rich Swan, where Swan is saying, like, look, I fought for you to be here after all the kind of trouble you had and and kind of not outright saying it, but alluding to why he left WWE with his personal issues and stuff. And and after all for all of that, I batted for you because I think you're the best in the one of the best in the world you're the best in a a generation etc etc but kenny is the best of all time so uh did a really good job at kind of bigging up how good rich swan is and then belittling him right at the end um i thought that that promo is fantastic and i think rich swan in this story has in my mind um because my perception of him was the 205 Live guy. And and that's not a knock because so many of those 205 guys are very talented. But there was that stink and that ceiling on them. And I think Swan in his promos over the last few weeks has really tapped into uh, a kind of honesty and truth 
with when he speaks and has been putting on good matches. I think the feud with Moose, which we'll, we'll get into it in a bit, I think that match with Moose and the feud greatly elevated him in my eyes and makes him seem like a credible champion. And yeah, the, the whole story with just Kenny, this egotistical champion, this wrestling god with uh, with Don Callis, the the uh, one of the the higher ups in management at Impact Wrestling in his corner. I think they've done a great job of making you root for Rich Swan. No, absolutely. Um, it just it mind boggles me so much that AEW has had like zero promotion. I understand the people saying that maybe it's a TNT call, but like throw something up on YouTube, even if it's the same press conference that they aired on Impact, just to have because you know, obviously AEW has a lot of eyes on YouTube with their dark shows. So just to have any sort of like Impact representation on their YouTube would probably be not enough, but at least it would be something. And like, like this past episode with with, with Dynamite when they had the whole thing with with the Moxley and um, Kingston attacking the Elite, that itself could have been an out on this match. They could have at least had Moxley mention something about Rich Swan. Like even they can't have him on the show. Be like, you know, Swan can take the title. And then me personally, if I would have rewrote that segment because and it was a little mind boggling how they just disappeared. But I would have had like Penny actually get injured, have him be. Uh, you know, the, the truck ran into the thing. You could have Omega get injured and that'll be his way of actually losing the title to Rich Swan, And then he could just gain it back on dynamite the next week. Like they could just do like, you know, he comes out and Omega's upset and demands a uh, rematch on the spot. And he could just win the title. So even if it's Swan holding the title for one week, um, that'll at least have an excuse. And Moxley and, and Kingston can kind of like laugh in his face. Like you're the, you know, we're the reason why you lost the title. Yeah. The Moxley thing is the only kind of, loophole i feel there might be um we we know john moxley uh he don't care he'll show up anywhere if he needs to he's oh, yeah. he's having a great time floating around all the independents and these different companies and stuff uh that that is something i could see perhaps happening like a something a little screwy and you can screwing swan at impact yeah yeah and you could have swan hold the title briefly uh before maybe you do the rematch Swan and Kenny at uh, double or nothing because Kenny doesn't seem to have a clear feud. And unless they're doing a tag match at double or nothing, I, I can't, I can't really see Kenny versus Mox again. And although hangman is the number one contender, I can't really see them going for that right away. But again, if they were going to do that, I think you'd have hit it over your head on dynamite this week that there is this title match. Yeah, the only like big issue about that is like the taping schedule because like next week's Dynamite was already taped yesterday and who knows when this Rebellion show was taped. It could have been taped a month ago for all that we know. So that's like the only real like negative about like maybe not knowing exactly when to air things and how to air it. Um, The other, like I like that idea of Moxley being like the screwy finish and it should be pointed out that they are going to have two officials for this. They do have Aubrey Edwards representing AAW and they're going to have an impact referee as well. So I'm not sure how it's going to work. It's going to be like two referees or an enforcer on the outside, but just the fact that they even mentioned two referees already like screwy finish, even though they did guarantee on the press conference that there will be a winner of the match. Yeah, well, let's get to that press conference because it was somewhat uh, kayfabe as well. So obviously the characters of the management are going to say that. This wasn't kind of uh, like an official presser, um, but I I think one of the most uh, entertaining parts of this build, um, you had the press conference and I loved, um, I think he was from, was he from the Telegraph or the Independent, the, the combat 
uh, journalist yes. from the UK who just put Don Callis to task, uh, compared him to Don King, how he's meddling with, you can't be a management of a company and represent one of the talents as well. Like there's a conflict of interest there. I thought he was great. And then Kenny just coming out with his sunglasses, looking like a complete douche. Um, I highly recommend, I'm sure in the, the video packages for this match, uh, you're going to get all this stuff. But um, I think this feud has been built up really well. And I would say better than anything they're doing with Kenny on Dynamite right now. And uh, I highly recommend going out of your way and checking out the press conference, checking out the promo between Callis and Swan from a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I think it will put a bit more importance of this match uh, on it for you. Um, and to add to that, to add a bit more gravitas, if you will, we've got Moro Ronaldo calling. Yeah, that's amazing. Like he even put out a, uh, there's a video package on Impact's YouTube, which is like a 40 minute preview for the show. And he actually narrates it and just hearing him do that. I'm just like, yeah, just having him commentate on this match is going to be amazing. I mean, has he, with the exception of the new Japan stuff, he hasn't really commented for any Kenny Omega matches, I would think. So this should be pretty cool. And obviously Rich Swan probably appreciates this as well so yeah just having him there in the building commentating and it's definitely like a big spectacle like i just wish that more people would watch it or know about it like they were promoting like them being on playstation which okay. they didn't really give details about because there's rumors that like playstation is doing like their own on-demand service which is like if you have playstation plus you can watch their sony library stuffs and the, the beginning of impact show they were like promoting the fact that it's going to be on playstation it's going to be on playstation now on playstation they got rid of like the on like you can't order pay-per-views anymore hmm. so there is no way to watch videos so i'm guessing they're going to be launching this thing this weekend and then maybe it's included with the actual like on demand service. It's like, like Netflix basically for PlayStation plus. Okay. So if that, maybe they just didn't have information themselves, but you would think they would hammer this home. Cause that'd be a pretty big thing for anybody that has PlayStation plus can just watch the pay-per-view for free. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I'm sure impact would like buys, but uh, I'm sure they'd have got something from PlayStation. If it is going to play for free, definitely worth worth looking into. And if, if you are on the fence about buying this or not, maybe it's, it's worth checking out. Obviously, we don't quite have that information at the time of recording. Um, but also, this week on Impact, we added a little wrinkle uh, to this championship story as we got the return of Moose. Um, now, I know Andrew, uh, Nate, and I on the... Uh, what, what was it? The, all these titles are the, are the same <laughs> to me. Not hard to kill. It was the, it was the Moose versus Swan... Uh, title unification match from Sacrifice. That's it. Sacrifice. Um, we've been praising Moose a lot recently and kind of uh, his in-ring work has vastly improved. Um, and you could see during during that six-man match against the Good Brothers and Kenny, and you could see during the, the title match against Swan that maybe he's leaning slightly babyface. And he certainly showed that this week where he came out uh, to confront Rich Swan, and Rich was fully preparing to be attacked. But Moose basically wished him luck and said, like, you've got to do this for TNA, uh, but if you are going to lose, like, I'm coming for you. Like, you better not lose. I'm going to give you some advice. It, things won't be good for you, Swan, if, if you drop this title to a guy in another company. So I like that Moose is in the mix. It can, uh, while if Kenny does win the championship, you can go to that Swan Moose feud again, maybe a number one contenders match. 
Uh, I think Moose versus Kenny is definitely a match I want to see down the line. Uh, Moose has been calling himself a wrestling god for a while. Uh, he even brought this up in his promo here. He kind of said, essentially, to Swan, look, you've already beaten one wrestling god, so you can beat another. Um, I like this, this uh, added kind of wrinkle to the story. I think it gives, sets up an immediate feud for whoever wins this. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about the the kind of moose element to this title match? No, I like it as well. And the, the fact that Kenny Omega promised if he does win the Impact title, he'll be on Impact every week, which I kind of find it hard to believe, but hey, you never know. But if he does show up every week, then they're definitely going to have to set up the next um, pay-per-view, which probably is going to be uh, Slammiversary, the next major one, because it was around this time last year when they had the the surprises. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe the Slammiversary pay-per-view could be Kenny and um, Moose, and then maybe they can hype up the same thing. It could be like their annual gimmick. Like every April 15th, uh, wrestlers get released, and then Moose they get- hype them up for Slammiversary. So yeah. who's coming this year? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I like Moose as well, and I'm, I'm happy he's back into this mix. And um, it just like it just keeps me thinking, like, do you think that, I mean, do you personally think there is a slight chance that Kenny Omega might lose the title? And that could be one of the reasons why AEW didn't hype it as much. Like, does that make any sense? Like, if they knew he was going to lose? <sighs> Not kayfabe Why? I-, I talked to Braden about this, and I kind of brought up the uh, Brock Lesnar UFC fight right. with, was it Mark Hunt, Mike Hunt, uh, a few years ago? And... Um, yeah, uh, they WWE didn't really hammer that home, but are you laughing because I said my cunt? <laughs> <laughs> you did. Definitely I, got I the wanna, name wrong. I, I don't want to correct you, but I'm like, I'm going to keep it there. <laughs> my bad. This is a family show. <laughs> Pretty sure it was a hard but, but no, I understand. You're like, yeah, if they know he's yeah, going to lose, or, or they have, yeah, if they think he's going to lose, but maybe they already knew he was going to lose, like for whatever reason, they just don't want to hype it up. But then it's like, it makes no sense to not hype it up. And then he comes out with no title. Like, it, it's, it's very, a really weird double edged sword. It's very strange. It's it's really in a, a different island, uh, this whole, whole thing. Uh, but no, I do see Kenny winning. I see it being Kenny versus Moose. I feel like I say this for every big pay per view for Impact, but I feel. This is the opportunity. Have the TNA lock, sorry, the Impact locker room at ringside just for this match. You've already got Moro on the call just for this match. It's going to add it, give it some weight. You've added the a slight canned audio now, but this makes sense. You don't, as a as a locker room member, you don't want your main title to go to another company. So you want to be there and support Rich Swan, and I think that's a perfect opportunity, whether you're heel or babyface. Get at oh, ringside, yeah. get around those barricades for this match and make it feel as big a deal as possible. Um, don't know whether yeah. they'll do that or not, but I, I think that would be a good idea and just make it feel a bit more special. That's a great idea. All throughout this week's Impact, they had like everybody kind of get their picks and pretty much everybody picked Rich Swan, with the exception of the Good Brothers, obviously. The heels, the baby faces. So it makes perfect sense for them to want their champion. Like You don't want your title to be on another show because then it's like... Where's my title shot? Like, you can have all these other people. Like, can AW guys challenge for the title once he's there? Like, who mm. knows? Like, how it's going to actually work? So, yeah, you would think from like a storyline purpose, you wouldn't want your champion, your title to be on a, a different show or a different uh, roster. Um, so, yeah, that's that's like that's a perfect opportunity to bring the, the crowd back into it or have some semblance of a crowd, of, whether it be the uh, wrestlers ringside or. Yeah. Also, if Kenny does win, like, I- either way, the, the visual of Kenny winning with the whole locker room just looking oh, yeah. devastated. Um, 
and vice versa if if swan wins it's that locker room like filling the ring picking up swan celebrating uh i, I think it w- i think it would be good and really add to the match now do you think that since his entourage got a little bit bigger do you think that uh kenny comes out with generation me max and jeremy Buck? <laughs> <laughs> um again just the the way it hasn't really been driven home on dynamite no i don't think so if if that angle with them disappearing was to do with them heading to Nashville or them actually well, yeah. being in Nashville, then yeah, that actually make that actually makes sense because the last time we saw Kofi, um, well, Eddie Kingston <laughs> and um, Moxley were looking for them, so they're gonna in storyline sense know where they're going to be that night. So yeah, it makes perfect sense for to have Moxley and Kingston drive up with that same pickup truck to go look for them, and then maybe the, the Bucks are gonna be able to stop them. But that's a little bit too perfect. I feel like it's just it wouldn't happen as much as i would love that i feel like this just feels a little too good to work yeah uh, i would say i know impact uh consistently has a bit of a bad rep within uh the wrestling community fandom and stuff but take all that aside this match is going to be great like rich swan has been on such a roll recently uh kenny omega uh his characters just all coming together now um there's no doubting his wrestling ability either I think whatever happens, uh, even if we do get a screwy finish, I think this match is really going to deliver and is is something wrestling fans should check out this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think but, we might get like one of those uh, situations where it's like a double pen? <laughs> <laughs> Two different referees? I, I hope not. I hope we do get a, defi- a definitive winner. Um, and at least it, it's not like Kenny winning has to go to Impact every week. It's just a few days of tapings, right? And then... You can go back and that stretches out for the, these tapings are huge that that impact seem to do. Oh, yeah. Look at Eric Young. I mean, we'll get into him later on. But like he, he wrestled like six matches after he got injured. It's crazy. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, well, let's go over. I, I think are we are we both kind of we're, we're kind of talking about Swan a little bit. But I think we're both in agreement here. This is. Yeah. This is Kenny's, Cause, cause Kenny's night. Kenny is, Kenny is so big that like it's just for him to lose would just be like monumental in a way like nobody in AEW barely can beat him so yeah. which it makes it even more important like the person that does end up beating kenny for the impact title whether it be swan or moose that's gonna be huge for them so hopefully mm. that's something impact themselves can capitalize off of this well let's run down the rest of the show we've got eight matches on the card um let's go to our knockouts championship um for diana perrazzo defending against tenille dashwood who'll be accompanied by caleb with a K. Uh, this this match, I got to admit, kind of puzzles me a little bit, John. Um, I know Andrew and I on Deep Impact have been talking about how much we want to kneel to get this opportunity. It just seems very thrown together. To kneel won the kind of number one contenders match at the Hardcore Justice show, but she's been in a bit of a like a mid to lower mid card comedy heel gimmick with Caleb that I can't say has been connecting with me and Diana Perazzo's a heel here as well so just uh, I'm I'm sure the match is going to be good but it just seems a weird dynamic with both in this heel role with Tennille not really adjusting her character at all to fit uh the challenger role yeah I mean there was a little bit of hints of maybe Diana going babyface after she went ahead and retired jazz there was like a little kind of like a little respect angle there so you could probably say diana might be like on a babyface side but yeah i mean if you look at them they're both pretty much like heels um 
Yeah, I, I like Tennille, I really do, but this Caleb with a K by her ringside is, is not working. It's like they're trying to take the comedy that she had from when she was like in the beginning of NXT, but like make it a little bit more serious. And then you throw in like she's stopping herself even and stuff. And it's and she's a great wrestler. She really is. And I mentioned this to you in the past. Like she's never won a title. She never won yeah. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor title. So this could be I honestly think she's gonna win here. I think that this might be her moment. Um I just feel like it's gonna be like not clean because Diana, like she has Susan, and I know she had Kimberly, but I think Kimberly is injured. So she doesn't have like her normal backup that she would. And I think like even recently she's been like, she doesn't even want them ringside, which is like, you know, baby face move to start to stay in the back. Um, but I feel like Tanil with having Caleb there and the whole like cell phone gimmick, I feel like Tanil might squeeze it out and get the title. Yeah, I, I think the match will definitely be be good. I, I like both these performers. Um, but you just saying there. Tanil has never won a championship in all these places she's been. That's that's the story, surely. Like, and that I, I say this with wrestling all the time. I said this with the build to WrestleMania, with the like the Kevin and Sammy feud and the Bianca and Sasha feud. Sometimes it's just overthought, and there's too much stupid gimmicky stuff. Just look at the the bare basics where Tanil. Uh, she's she kind of hinted at it that she's sort of. Um, is one of the women responsible for the growth of women's wrestling, which I agree with her, her yep. matches in NXT definitely turned heads and started to take, make WWE who are the front runners um, take women's wrestling more seriously, but tap into that a bit more tap into the fact that he's never won a championship. I think Dion has been working well as a heel. So have her continue the heel gimmick and to, to Neil being on the chase, just fire Caleb for fuck's sake. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this this one's a weird one, but I I think you could be right. Uh, we could see Tanil win this and have her first title. I just feel the build has really lacked, and I do worry because uh, Susan, uh, the former Sue Young, has been kind of teasing the that maybe she'll turn back into Sue Young as well, and she's been. Well, in she, the did. Of, she did. She did. She yeah. did a sacrifice, and then like she just pretend like it never happened, which is like really boggling like i don't know what's going on with that so i really hope we don't have too much goofiness with uh susan and sue young in this match and caleb uh if they're just allowed to go out there and wrestle for 15 20 minutes i think this could be really good um i'm, I'm, I'm real curious like i don't know what like not just Tanil and diana but like a lot of the knockout contract situations are because i know that like ring of honor is rebooting their women's championship and i know Tanil was there in the past I mean, I'm pretty sure Diana was as well. So I'm curious of like between that and NWA kind of like revamping their women's division now that they lost a couple girls. I'm wondering if any of these impacts uh, women might kind of be on their way out or at least doing double duty and working on these shows like a Thunder Rosa would. It just like I feel like like there really isn't that many women out there that aren't tied to AEW, WWE or or Impact. So I feel like Ring of Honor might have to reach out to some like somebody from the knockouts division. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you've got plenty of people there right now. Um, I'm going to go with Diana for this one. You're going with Tanil. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tanil. She's going to win by shenanigans. I feel like it's it's her time to finally get a title. Well, let's stay with the knockouts division and go to the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. We have the champions, Fire and Flavor, made up of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, taking on the challenges of Jordan Grace. And a uh, debuting Rachel Ellering, yeah. Paul Ellering's daughter, uh, who we're familiar with from, uh, she was in one of the Mayan classics, I believe. 
She was the main young classic. She was at NXT for a little bit, but then she got like injured and then she got released like right when she was recovering, I feel like. That's so we didn't right. We really got a chance to see her in NXT. So the story here has mainly been uh, Kira and Tasha feuding with Jordan Grace and Jazz. Uh, Jazz lost her title match against Diona Perazzo at Hardcore Justice, which was, in fact, a retirement match. She put her career on the line. So Jazz retired and in maybe one of the shortest retirements ever, <laughs> wrestled a tag match that same night like this same time yeah she retired. like scott the let her wrestle then he even was up to giving her a title shot for the impact titles and jazz had to step in like no listen i i'm, I'm a woman of my word i'm not gonna wrestle even though you just wrestled after yeah. retirement she was like i'm not gonna do this and they had this you know the mystery partner um was actually intriguing i thought they're gonna save it for the pay-per-view so it's a little surprised that they kind of revealed it on the show the go-home show um but yeah, actually, I, I've been enjoying the storyline. I'm just I'm happy that Fire and Flavor aren't fighting with Nevaeh and Havoc, and that storyline is finally coming to an end. Because, like, I, I really was looking forward to the Impact Knockouts titles, and then like I feel like the Knockouts division kind of fell apart or just wasn't clicking. It, it feels like since yeah, uh, since they debuted these titles, they kind of lost a, a few. Like, like Ty Valkyrie is obviously a big piece yep. of the knockouts division and a couple of injuries as well. And just hasn't been booked too well. And as much as we praise the knockouts division, as soon as these titles come around, you're like, Oh, what, what are you going to do with this? You've only got this one team. Uh, I like the addition of Rachel Ellering. And I think this should actually be a, a really good match. Jordan Grace obviously is uh, fantastic. And I, um, I'm always singing Kira and Tasha's praises. Uh, Rachel Ellering, I'm, I've seen a little bit of, but I'm not too familiar with, but a new face in the knockouts division is, is great. And also not to see someone who's got a, like a crazy gimmick. She's just a bit more normal. I, I think it's going to work better in impact. Um, but it, I kind of get the same vibes I did with that, um, Oscar Lana title match with then Charlotte just coming in at the end. <laughs> this whole story's been Jordan and Jazz going for these titles and then Jazz is just dipping out the week before to get Rachel Ellering in. It's a little weird, but I, I think it's a good addition to the roster and I, I actually think this will be a pretty decent match. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried because like, like I love Fire and Flavor, but I feel like ever since they got the tag team titles, they have been not treated really like comedy, but they've been treated like a little bit lower than their potential. Like you had the that abominable fest, whatever that was that one week. And then like, you know, even with the feud with Grace and Jazz, they're kind of like, you know, weaseling their way out and just like, they're just not being taken too seriously. And I feel like they might take the titles off of them because of that, unless they sneak away and somehow, you know, win. It almost feels like when someone wins a money in a bank and they just beat them into the ground and make them a bit of a joke until they actually cash in. That That's how I've, I've kind of found this title run. I'm with you. They've, they haven't really been treated seriously at all, uh, which is a shame because I, I think they're a very talented tag team. Now, with Rachel Ellering there, a certain someone, a certain hero, you can say, um, tweet, you know, retweeted his significant other's debut. Do you think that we might see him? Because I feel like Impact with Chris Hero would be amazing. Yeah, I, I think he would definitely uh, help Impact a lot. Uh, I, I see him as someone who... Um, Obviously, there's there's a lot of uh, issues surrounding him, but I think Michael Elgin was very important to Impact to just put on solid main events, be that veteran in the locker room. Um, and I think Ono, uh, Chris Hero, would definitely help an Impact Wrestling 
just putting on good matches being he seems like a nice guy is going to give tons of advice to like the younger people in that locker room um yeah i, I would love to see chris here he's been so quiet for so long now so yeah, like, it's I know about he time like a, he re-emerges he like started a podcast right i think recently but as far as wrestling he hasn't wrestled at all but like just knowing him and what he's capable of any company would benefit like he can do commentary he can be a trainer he can be like you said a, a locker room leader and obviously he's a great wrestler so like he kind of, I feel like he would be like the Tommy Dreamer role, but just better wrestler. Um, mm. But like they would be dumb, and I feel like this might be a way to get him in. And then look at the future, you know, matches you could have: Hero versus Omega, Hero versus Moose, Hero versus Swan. Yeah. So just to have him in the mix, I think would be a great addition. Yeah, and would you see him debuting at this pay per view? Like where would I don't you really slot think him in? There's yeah, I don't really think there's like a position unless he is like backup for Swan. Let's just say like Omega does show up with the Young Bucks mm. and the Good Brothers. Maybe he shows up as 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 help. I mean, he doesn't really have any connection to Impact. He's never been there as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but he might, you know, who knows? He might be friends with Swan from the WWE days or whatever. Um, so maybe he could be, maybe he could be one of the surprises at Slammiversary. They could, everybody might be looking at the, the roster of recent cuts and not thinking about cuts from last year, like Hero. Yeah. So he could be like, for that. Very true. We have, you alluded to it earlier, Eric Young being injured with a torn ACL, which he he suffered in a match um, against, uh, sorry, James Storm, wasn't it? James Storm's a yep. thousandth match a few weeks <laughs> yep. ago. Obviously, these are all taped. He's advertised for this eight-man tag. Uh, it's violent by design, made up of Eric Young, Dina, Joe During, and Rhino, taking on Chris Sabin, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack. Um yeah, I've seen Eric Young wrestle, what, two matches since that injury? And yep. you wouldn't really notice. And the fact he's doing, uh, I guess, taped this match already. Pretty crazy stuff, considering they're saying he this injury is going to take him out for about six months. Yeah, so like, I'm not 100% sure if he's in this match or not, because I know he reported the tourney CEO, I think it was like March 30th. So who knows when they taped Rebellion, maybe mm. they're going to replace them or maybe they're going to turn it into a handicap match or three on three, who knows? Um, so it should be intriguing if he's even going to be in this match. Um, as far as the match goes, like, I don't know. I'm not really looking too forward to this because Violent by Design does nothing for me. Yeah. And like the person that I, I am upset that's alien in this match is Willie Mack. I feel like Willie Mack should be in the title picture. A couple of weeks ago, you had that like tease of like Rich Swan and Willie Mack kind of interacting backstage and Mack gave him some sort of look or said something to him to the, to the effect that I thought that he was going to maybe get involved and maybe he can with this whole Rich Swan, Kenny mm. Omega feud, but just see him kind of like mixed in here is kind of like wasted. I feel like. You want to maybe uh, to people who might be new and is kind of uh, checking out this pay-per-view mainly for the main event. Do you kind of want to just run down exactly what the violent by design faction is? It's basically like sanity, like what Eric Young had, right? Where he's like brainwashing his pupils. So he kind of randomly brought in Joe Doring um, from Japan. And then he took Diener. He split him up from his faction with cousin Jake and, Cody Diener got rid of his first name and then shaved his head and here he is Diener. And then Rhino randomly showed up and joined the group as well, which is weird because last we saw he got attacked him and Heath. So it's basically like a brainwashed like group, right? Like they're all kind of like, they all work for Eric Young. Um, he has these segments where he's like in the jails randomly and just kind of like takes, talks about things about taking over the world. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like when I write the reports, I, I kind of just write like a couple words that he says, cause I don't know what he's talking about. It's all about it's, like brainwashed and taking over the world. And there's a sickness they have to cure and all this other random stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very Wyatt family esque and 
a load of kind of fancy words being said without much being said. And unfortunately, this is every single feud that Violent by Design has had. It's the same yeah. blueprint every single time. Um, Cam and Eddie Edwards have been fighting forever. Forever. Like, they debuted back at the last Slammiversary show with the same gimmick. And he's been doing the same thing and saying the same things for a whole year. Yeah, this this one doesn't have my interest at all. It really feels the, the team they're going against really just feels like odds and ends of people that don't really have much else to do. Uh, I expect maybe um, a bit of, I don't know if it, it's not listed as an ODQ match, but I certainly see this being one of the matches yeah, where you be, involve yeah. a load of plunder. Um, I, you could go either way with this, really. Um, let's say Violent by Design. My pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Violent by Design as well. Like, for whatever reason, I feel like they're just going to be on the upper hand of this match. And hopefully, Willie Mack and Saban and everybody else can kind of split apart and go through a little bit more serious storylines after. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Violent by Design with Eric Young being out. Do you, do you see him maybe sticking around as a mouthpiece um, or just leaving the other three? Because really, none of them talk. It's, it's yeah. all Eric Young. Yeah, hopefully he can stay around as a mouthpiece because without him, the group is no more unless you like... The only person I can see flip and take that role be something like a Sammy Callahan will be perfect because his character is pretty much the same as Eric Young. It is, so I can yeah. see him kind of like slide into that role if they want to do that. But hopefully the injury isn't... It's his first major injury. And Eric has been wrestling for how many years now? Like over 20 years, I feel yeah. like. So to hear his first injury is remarkable. But um, yeah, hopefully he can at least stick around and do, um, you know mic work or at least send them video package or something but yeah to have violent by design without him would be a little you know weird mm. we then have a last man standing match trey miguel versus sammy callahan uh trey miguel's an interesting one because he had his his last match with impact a few months ago with uh the rascals um and it seemed like he was going on to greener pastures um heavily rumored that he was gonna go to nxt there were talks of him being in florida so people were perhaps questioning AEW. and then he showed up back at impact to to return and they kind of made this uh storyline uh with sammy callahan bringing up trey's passion um because there was a line when uh triple h was questioned about trey miguel uh not being part of the rascals not moving to wwe and he he kind of didn't say it directly in regards to Trey Miguel, but talked about we want people here um, who have passion. So insinuated a lack of passion from Trey. And they've just used that in this story with uh, Sammy Callahan always playing his mind games. He's uh, questioning Trey's passion. He's going to his training school and beating up his uh, his students. Um, he's even saved Trey Miguel from attacks from Triple XL just to get into the head of Trey. Um, what have you thought of this feud, uh, this build up to this last man standing match? Yeah, it's been a little weird. Um, I think all of Trey Miguel's return has been a little bit weird. Like you said, they use the real life storyline. And I think like Trey like went ahead and said something to do with his family. That's the reason why he didn't go to NXT or AEW. Um, but yeah, I'm not that big of a fan of using like real life into storylines, especially with something like a Sammy Callahan where his character is all like gimmicky. Um, I haven't really been impressed with the storyline. Honestly, I was hoping for Trey Miguel to kind of be pushed a little bit more. He should be, honestly, he could have been in the rich Swan role or he could have been up there. Um, that's how I feel. Like if you're going to not sign to NXT and AW and you're going to come back to 
a company that you were with for how many years and you're feuding with Sammy Callahan, nothing against Sammy Callahan, but I feel like that's not really a step up or even in the step in the right direction. And the whole storyline has been weird. Like they've been teaming up. They were like on the same page. And then, you know, he brainwashed his student. Like you said, attacked his students, went to his, his training school. I don't know. I haven't really been too impressed with this, honestly. And I feel like hopefully Trey Miguel can just win this and be done with Sammy Callahan and move on to a more like significant role. Um, but I haven't really been too impressed with this entire okay. storyline. I I kind of disagree. Uh, I I've been quite into this one, and I think while the the title is so locked up with with like Swan and Kenny and perhaps Moose as well, uh, it would feel odd to Trey for Trey to just jump into that. But I I feel this as a uh, kind of upper mid card feud that could push you into the main event and i think trey getting a win here i think trey needs to win this i definitely see him being on the right track to start going for the uh the title he's he's more than capable and i think he'll be quite fresh at the top there um yeah i've quite enjoyed the feud i've liked the uh the callbacks to the triple h comments because it is weird if you're watching impact you go wait i saw you leave a few weeks ago why are you back so I, I do kind of like that they addressed it. I would say I think Trey in his promos needs to ease it on the screaming a bit. Um, I love that he's I love that he's got that gear that he can tap into that. I, I think he's a pretty good performer and promo, but I would say don't always rely on screaming and shouting. It especially last week where he was near to tears. I'm like, come on, mate. It's just Sammy Callahan. Why are you crying? Um, it, I think he can bring it back because it does borderline melodrama at times. And then when you are in that right feud and it is in the right moment, that's when you want to tap into the the screaming and stuff. But I think Trey is a really good performer. And I think uh, give it a couple more years, he can be even more fleshed out and well-rounded. But um, this is definitely, I see as a way to progress Trey. Um, so yeah, I'm going to so. go with Trey for this one. Yeah, I really want him to win and, like I said, move on into a more serious feud. And maybe I was onto something. Maybe Sammy Callahan will be the leader of Violent by Design because at Hardcore Justice, there was like Tommy Dreamer was supposed to wrestle in the hardcore match against the uh, Violent by Design. And he got taken out by Sammy Callahan. So maybe he was helping out Violent by Design without you know really saying it. Um, so maybe there's more to that. Who knows? I mean, Sammy would be the perfect leader, I guess, for this group, which is pretty much Sanity, which is funny because that yes. was originally Sammy's <laughs> idea was Sanity, and they just gave it to Eric Young instead. So yeah, I'm going to go with Trey Miguel as well. I do think the the last man standing gimmick doesn't really feel warranted from this feud. Um, we haven't really been getting into like lots of violence and attacks with weapons going to this. It's been more psychological and more mind games. So the last man standing gimmick seems a bit weird for me and a bit shoehorned in just to have a gimmick for gimmick's sake. Yeah, I, like there's, I think it's the only match on this show that really has a stipulation. So maybe they just wanted something on the show. Yeah. We go to our next match, Matt Cardona taking on Brian Myers. This is the former Zack Ryder taking on the former Kurt Hawkins. Real life best friends, podcast partners, former tag team champions, uh, the story is Brian Myers came to Impact, uh, I guess, around a, a year ago. He he came... Um, anniversary, right? He was one of the... He was one of the batch yeah. of releases. Um, he came over here. He's been... He's known as Bad News Brian. Sorry, Bad Mood Brian, because he's always in a foul mood. And Matt Cardona's come along. Um, 
And Brian Myers thinks he's just kind of following him, following his career and wants to tag up again and all of this. And Cardona's assuring him, no, that I'm on my own path. But Brian Myers kind of feels like Cardona's treading on his toes. He doesn't want anything to do with him. They, they've in story kind of tried to address the fact that they have this podcast and outside of impact they're they're friends, but they're just a bit pissed off at each other for, for being here. Um, what, what have you made of this story? It's a little weird. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever listened to their podcast, but I'm curious to hear like what they even say on their podcast, like regarding this match, they just like laugh it off and like, just say, Oh, it's all storyline. Or do they actually like, you know, go into it. This is like the equivalent of you fighting Brandon Harrington, right? You guys are doing a podcast and then you're hyping up this match yeah. the following week. Um, I mean, this match was inevitable. It was going to happen somewhere. So why not impact? I like how Brian Myers got a little bit more serious. Like he took off the eye patch that he mm. had for how many months now. And he's like, you know, now it's time to, I think this match should have got the last man standing match and maybe even like a loser leaves the impact match. Cause me, me personally, I don't think Cardona, I've said this about Cardona the second he got released just by meeting him and just knowing the kind of person he is. I feel like he's never going to sign a long-term deal with anybody if it's not WWE. Cause in the mm-hmm. back of his head, he's like a WWE guy. He, Love WWE. He, you know, got raised on it. So I feel like with him not signing to AW and maybe not signing with Impact, I feel like he just is waiting for that phone call from Stanford to just show back up uh, and, and appear on NXT or WWE. Um, so this match could have been a loser leaves Impact match or some sort of stipulation. Um, I, I feel like Cardona is going to win this. Uh, I feel like, regardless of that, I feel like Cardona needs to win more than Meyer, Myers does. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm overly excited about this one i i kind of feel it's it's almost come a bit too late um i think five years ago when zach Ryder had his uh like everyone knew him from his internet channel and uh and kind of they saw him not being used too well in wwe i think there'd have been more of a cry to have seen him work and stuff whereas i think that's really faded now so uh, i hope these guys just go out there they're best friends and they really want to prove to the world exactly what they can do and that they have been misused over the uh over the years but um unfortunately i can't say i'm overly looking forward to this one uh, i do think they've done they've managed the balance though of trying to address the fact that these guys are friends and have a podcast and have a feud like i i do see that um I do see Brian Myers' point of view. Like, dude, I'm trying to separate myself from you and and have a career and reinvent myself. And immediately you come and you're there and the the association from everyone is uh, comes back to us. And I feel like I'm moving backwards in my career rather than forwards. I do understand his motivation, which uh, I think they've done a good job with. But uh, we'll see how the match goes. Can, can you see this possibly leading to them reforming their tag team and going after the tag titles? Or would you not even worry about that or do that? Uh, I mean, I, sh- I think I'd take that rather than being in singles stories, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I-, I think the the tag division could do with another team. So maybe that would be the best move, actually. Like, have, so. a, have a good match. Have Cardona win. Maybe have Myers be like, yep, okay, we've done it. Be friends again, perhaps. Because uh, I, I can't see many feuds with either guys in singles I'm particularly interested in. Yeah, I agree. We go to one of our other title matches of the evening, the Impact X Division Championship. It's the champion, Ace Austin, who will be accompanied by Madman Fulton, taking on Josh Alexander and TJP. Uh, I would say for match recommendations for TV, just 
any match of these combinations, I'd say. Uh, Josh Alexander and TJP had a really good match this week on Impact. Um, the, this crop don't disappoint when it comes to in-ring quality. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. Like whenever a combination of these three or any guy, anybody from the X Division um, wrestles, it's usually the match of the night. And I like the element of like TJP associating himself with Falaba. And then Josh Alexander brought in uh, PD Williams. It was mm. kind of cool. I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to have them in their corners, but they had like all three of their uh, seconds actually had a triple threat before Impact yesterday. It was Madman, PD, and uh, Falaba. So it's interesting that they will have like help there as well. But this match is probably looking at the up and down. It, it might give Swan and Omega a run for its money. Like, I mean, I, I feel like Dak Division is, is always on point, never really have a bad match. Yeah, th- this is definitely, aside from the main event, the match I'm most looking forward to. Uh, I think all three guys are uh, really good. I've really been enjoying Josh Alexander recently. Whenever he's been in a singles match, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I think this is Ace Austin's to win. I think th- this title has flopped around a lot over the last year. Uh, I think Ace Austin is a, a, a great heel, a great champion, and he needs to continue his reign. Um, but I could perhaps see them just flipping it onto Josh Alexander as well, because why not? He hasn't had it yet. Yeah, that's like my only real issue with the X Division is like these three guys are good, but outside of them, who really else wrestles in this division? And now kind of looking at the WWE releases, like somebody like a Kalisto would be amazing, the X Division. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Uh, He definitely helped this. Uh, I think that's with the impact in general. The, The roster isn't huge, so you have your key players in each sort of division but you kind of run thin pretty quick uh like i feel all the all three of these guys we've seen wrestle a bunch already uh but i don't really mind because i know it's going to be a good match um it's it's all being everyone's kind of got to win over each other and that's how the the match has come about um with yeah uh, josh alexander kind of having tjp's number tjp's had austin's number and, and vice versa um but yeah, I think I think this has potential to really steal the show. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We go next to our Impact World Tag Team Championship match. It's the team of Finn Juice, made up of David Finley and Juice Robinson. They are the champions and they are representing New Japan Pro Wrestling, taking on the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um this story kind of started uh, leading up to the Sacrifice pay-per-view with Good Brothers being the champions. Uh, Finn Juice came to kind of visit Impact for a bit and have a few matches. The Good bro- Brothers were making fun of them, calling them the young boys and that they should be carrying their bags. And the Good Brothers really weren't taking the whole challenge too seriously. They kept on kind of going out, having parties, getting drunk and... Uh, at Sacrifice, Finn Juice actually won the titles and then flew back to Japan with the championships. And the Good Brothers are pissed. And in all the, the weeks following it, they're kind of bringing up that it wasn't that Finn Juice are the better team, but they weren't quite prepared. They're a bit hungover, etc., etc. Every excuse you can think of. Um, I thought these two teams really delivered at the last pay-per-view. Uh, I really enjoyed their match. And I can't say I'm I'm huge fans of the Good Brothers, but I, I have been enjoying their work recently. And uh, I think if they can they can do the same thing they did at the last pay-per-view or even surpass it, I think this will be a really good match. 
but I fully expect the Good Brothers to get the titles back because I think uh, the new Bullet Club, the elite, whatever you want to call them, are going to be draped in gold. Yeah, I can honestly see this match. It's going to be a good match, like you said. Like the last match they had was amazing, so I can see this match being just as good. Um, but I can honestly see see the result of this go either way. Like I can see the Good Brothers winning, and then like you said, the Elite all five of them have gold. And but they've also teased like, and I feel like it's only an impact thing with Kenny Omega kind of being disappointed in the Good Brothers, or the Good Brothers kind of like feeling like, oh, we let Kenny down. So I can see it being a, a thing where. Good Brothers lose again, and then Finn Juice go right back to Japan with the titles, and Kenny gets so pissed off where he's like, listen, you guys want those titles? Go to Japan and go get them back. Because I know when the Good Brothers originally signed with Impact, their deal was they can wrestle for New Japan, and obviously they haven't been able to. So I feel like now with a lot of people going back and forth, it would probably be a good time for them to actually go to Japan. Um, I know they have like those dome shows coming up. Well, I don't know what's going on now with Tokyo having issues again with, um, with COVID. But I can see it being a case where Kenny sends them to Japan, and he, they have to go back and get the titles back or maybe they try to go there and they link back up with the uh, god or something like there's so much they can do if they have a couple of dates in japan i really like that idea yeah that they have definitely been playing up kenny's disappointment in the good brothers there was a moment the other week after they lost their titles they went to uh kenny's dressing room but he wouldn't answer the door and they think he's he's mad at them for losing uh i also definitely think we'll get a good brother's box match at some point down the line um i feel they've just put this team together though so maybe not for a while uh but perhaps it is the good brothers you you turn face then and you start feeling for them because kenny's kind of kicking them out but um lots of ways you could go with this one but hopefully they'll they'll have as good a match as they did last time because i found that one really entertaining now scott demore said recently that there actually are in talks to bring in more talent from new japan to okay. Impact, who who do you who can you see from New Japan possibly coming over and working some dates with Impact? Uh, I would like uh, God actually. Um, I think they're just so stale in New Japan, but it's because of lack of teams or facing the same team. So I think God would fit perfectly into this uh, Bullet Club Elite story. Um, so I I think they'd be interesting. Um, you mentioned the. X division could do with some more people. So, I mean, you name it, a- any of your uh, super juniors there, I'd, I'd happily take. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a few interesting uh, people you could have. Who, who are some names on your list? Um, God is is good. I would go maybe like a Kenta. I know he's like always like stateside yep. here because of his family. I see Kenta possibly showing up. Um, Suzuki gun, like you have Suzuki, Zack Saber Jr. show up. That'll be pretty cool, just to kind of do like a a quick storyline with who knows, Violent by Design or somebody, just to mm-hmm. have a couple of matches under their belt. Aichi and Impact would be great. Um, but yeah, I feel like like anybody. I feel like Impact is good, but they definitely need some. I like when they bring in people from other companies to kind of like work a couple of days because it freshens them up a little bit. Yeah, and what's nice is with the the taping schedule is you can have a character on TV for like four to six weeks where only they they've got to fly over for a couple of days work really so uh it's a lot easier than trying to do a story with say AEW when you're you're taping every other week um but yeah lots of options i think any anything to to freshen up the roster anyone really adds to it i i think yeah um, all, all the things we mentioned are great but wouldn't we both like to see toriyano show up to swingers palace 
Oh, 100%. <laughs> How good would 100%. that be? 100%. He puts his DVDs on the line and he loses them all. Yeah, it would be great. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sold me. Sold yeah. me. Toriano's <laughs> um, But overall, I think looking up and down the card, there's definitely uh, quite a few things to be excited about. I, I think the, the knockouts tag match could be great. I think uh, the last man standing match could be pretty good. Uh, the that three way X division match I think is going to be fantastic. Uh, Tanil Diona, like the tag match and the main event. There's there's a lot I'm excited about on this show. I'm glad to see we don't have any stupid uh, gauntlet battle royal matches or anything like that. Um, apart from the last man standing, all of these are just a, a straight up match. Um, I think this could actually be a, a pretty good show. I really hope they deliver. Me too. Me too. And what match are you most excited for tonight uh, on uh, Rebellion? Uh, definitely Swan and Omega. Just to see, like, just, I mean, the match itself is going to be amazing, obviously, but just to see what the outcome is going to be and the repercussions and what's going to happen on Dynamite, what's going to happen on Impact. Just, like, the whole story itself is just, like, intriguing. Like, we don't really get that in wrestling with two companies fighting and their titles no. on the line. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, the X Division triple threat as well. Um, I'm a lot of these matches, I'm pretty much looking forward to almost every match with the exception of maybe like the eight-man tag. I'm not really looking forward to. Um, even Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan, even though it's like not my favorite storyline, I feel like they're still going to have a good match. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at a question. like I was looking at like the recent releases from WWE. I know you guys have mentioned like who might go where. Who do you think would benefit most from going to Impact? Me personally, I would go with the Chelsea Green because when she was in Impact, she had her whole like, like um, I forgot what she called a hot mess or something where she was like mm. half a uh, bride and half like, you know, normal like she was really good at impact and she really like started to shine and kind of be in a lot of people's radars and me personally like this is sick booking on my end but um we have Tennille Dashwood there which is Matt Cardona's former girlfriend or fiance I would have a storyline where Brian Myers kind of aligns aligns himself with Tennille just to kind of inspire the card. I'm like, oh, look who I'm with. You remember her? <laughs> and then obviously down the line when she's available, Chelsea Green comes in. I don't know if they're all going to be on the same page of actually doing it. Um, but I've seen, you know, we saw Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge have a storyline. So, but I would like to see like a Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green team up in face of Brian Myers and Tennille and kind of bring a little bit of a real life element. So she she would probably be the, the person I would see benefiting the most. Or obviously like a like a Iconics, Iconics and Fire and Flavor tag team match would be amazing for the knockout titles. Yeah, Iconics are definitely on my list. I, I think they just feel like Impact for me. I can imagine them being in Swingers Palace. I can imagine <laughs> them doing Wrestle House and all that kind of stuff. And occasionally you have them wrestle a match. Um, but I I definitely see Iconics as an aid, uh, as an Impact uh, act rather than a, like, I don't see them in ROH. I don't see them in AEW. I, I think they're made for impact and yeah, I think you're they'll, right. they'll do great for that division chelsea green uh yeah i i can totally see her being there in impact and would would help that division a lot as well but um aw could do with some some other strong women as well so i could see her going either way to be honest but impact's not she's already got the association with them uh so but i i saw something today um i think it was sean ross Sapp reported that she's uh she's talked about being cast in a movie or something and that she's very excited about uh post wwe so maybe she's just taking a full-on break from wrestling Um, there's nothing wrong with that right i mean like look at bull dallas he's over there raising pigs on a farm so who knows exactly either gonna wrestle again another person that kind of i i popped in my head is a mojo raleigh 
Hurt Hawkins or Brian Myers could bring in Mojo. He's your former hype brother. He could have Tennille on one side and Mojo on the other side, like the, the coalition to end the Matt Cardona. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because these uh, these releases have just happened a week ago and there's the 90-day the non-compete i'm excited baby uh, i'm excited for slime reverse i'm excited for i know those, you are those, those videos where you have like the the mystery man and the feet are walking through the street <laughs> and then you don't know who it is and you know it ends up being a uh, eric young <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but lots coming up as always uh john you've got a brand new episode of shot in the dark uh i just listened to it this morning i want to check out that jay lethal uh jonathan yes. gresham match very good for sure Ring uh, do you want to run <sighs> Yeah, sorry, really quickly, Ring of Honor, I feel so bad for them because they have so, so much good wrestling on their show and zero people are talking about Ring of Honor. Last time people talked mm. about Ring of Honor was when they had that MSG show, right? With, yeah. with New Japan, like nobody talks about them and I feel so bad for them because their matches are good. Their pay-per-views are really good. Um, but yeah, I talk about that. Um, I talk about NWA, which is another promotion that people aren't really talking about, which sucks. But I feel like it could be the fact that they were free on YouTube. They had more eyes on them, but not to actually watch it. You have to pay for it on fight. It's only $5 a month. So I, I do it because mm. the wrestling is good. Um, so I talk about that. I talk about AW Dark, obviously. Uh, 205 Live, main event. All the shows you don't have to watch. 15 minutes or less. Ring of Honor to me is, it's a live wrestling promotion. Like I... I can't say I've ever, even when it's been at its hottest, really sat down and watched ROH TV. But if ROH is in town or if I'm going to New York or something and they're in town, I always want to see them and I always want to enjoy them. And I think maybe that's why it's not being talked about as much because you hear about people going to the events and then going, oh, you got to check out this match. And then you go and you watch it. But it's not one I'm aware of too many people just sitting down weekly to watch ROH. I agree. Uh, so yeah. hopefully once crowds start coming back a bit more, uh, they can start to grow again. I'm the same way. Whenever Ring of Honor show was was in town, I was there. And another promotion that is going to do that is MLW. And I'm, mm. I, I let you know, I'm going to the show. I'm mean, really excited. July 10th, me and uh, Fire Frank got our, got our tickets there. So that should be exciting. It's the first show I've been to since march 2020 i think when smackdown was at msg or barclays um so i'm i'm excited you know i'm gonna have i'm gonna be fully vaccinated in a couple weeks so uh, <laughs> frank is fully vaccinated uh we're gonna bring the hot sauce we're gonna bring the bomb and we're uh we're gonna go to town in philly which, i love philly so and it's the etw arena which i've never been to so oh sweet I'm excited. yeah philly's great uh, hopefully by July 10th, I'll be allowed in, I don't know, a bookshop or something. <laughs> uh, who yeah. knows what's going on here, but yeah. I ain't going to be seeing any wrestling on July 10th. I, I can assure you on that. Um, what else do you have? You're, you're going to be doing another other guys tonight. If people listen to this before 630, do you want to plug everything going on? Yeah, pretty big episode. We have the finale of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really big. You haven't watched it yet, have you? Not yet, no. Okay, so really good. We'll be talking about that, um, as well as Mortal Kombat, which I'm going to finish up as soon as I as I watch this. I've been a Mortal Kombat binge lately. I watched all the uh, original movies since you guys reviewed the 95 one. Uh, played a lot of the games, so I'm excited to talk about that. But yeah, it's going to be a... And plus, we have Oscar season. Oscars are actually going head-to-head with uh, Rebellion this Sunday. Um, okay. So yeah, so that should be exciting. Just to talk about our, some of our predictions and uh, who we think are, are going to win. Um, so yeah, t- uh, tune in tonight if you're listening to this before absolutely and join us this sunday for the uh for the watch along of rebellion we'll be doing a watch along live on twitch twitch.tv slash up next podcast uh, i believe rebellion starting at eight 
Eastern. I think so. Yep. So join us from eight, and then we'll be doing our post show immediately after uh, live on Twitch. But if you're not able to catch it there, it will be on uh, the post wrestling feed for free, um, as well as this up next feed. Uh, also on the Patreon, patreon.com slash up next, we've just released MCW Brewery Brawl from 2019. We'll be joined by world champion uh, patron and host of Wrestle Oz style podcast, Chris Thunder from Down Under, talking all about the Brewery Brawl, including a Scottish rules match, which is a lot of fun. So listen to us talk all about that and we also will be having a brand new episode of Was Next dropping tomorrow. We're talking about the March 13th, 2013 edition of NXT featuring Antonio Cesaro taking on Big E Langston in a title for title match. Champion wow. versus champion there. Uh, listen to us talk all about that tomorrow, Saturday, and then so many more shows coming. The May schedule is in the works right now. World Champions, you'll have a brand new Behind the BDE dropping very soon. Uh, hear us talk, getting way too personal. You, kn- you know how that show goes, World Champs. Um, but yes, and then join us again, obviously, Tuesdays for NXT, Wednesdays for AEW. Always a lot going on with the BDE and up next. But John, thank you. Always a pleasure to chat to you. I look forward to talking to you again this Sunday. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, guys, take care, be safe, watch Rebellion, ahoy! here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard to recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen, but Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses, or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you A little help never hurt, especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.